British Drumman Podcast, episode 20. So today, we've, uh, Shane and I have got Matthew McKeegan. McKeegan, that's right, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, Matthew McKeegan on the show as a guest, um, who is the owner of MK Fitness, is that right? MK Strength and Fitness, yeah. Fuck! Oh, <laughs> uh, MK Strength and Fitness in, in Ireland, and you are the... You're the Irish 105 record holder, is that right? Yeah, log and deadlift, and this year's Ultimate Strongman 110 kilo champion winner. So, brilliant. Um, yeah. So, can you can you tell us a little bit more about you and um, your your achievements, please? And then we'll. Um... Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, lads. Um, so again, my name is Matthew from Ireland, from Northern Ireland. Uh, I've been competing now in Strongman properly for about two years. Uh, say first major comp I won was the 120 class last year, Body Power. Uh, went on then, what did I do that last year? Ireland's Open Weight, uh, Ultimate Strongman, placed fifth. Um, third, the Britain's Strongest, 105. Second, European Deadlift Championships. Um, fuck, I can't even remember what I did last year. I competed, I competed like 13 times last year, so show me when comps to remember. Um, and what, what's your favourite favorite lift then within within all that? I, well, I would always have been deadlifting, but see, yeah. to be fair, because I, I broke lighter record that many times last year, I got sick of maxing out. So I, I don't enjoy deadlifting at all at the minute. So I'd probably say anything overhead, like log or dumbbell at the minute, is probably my two favourite things. But I think it changes as time goes on, depending on what you're doing. Like. So for the for the listeners, what, what numbers are we talking for your uh, for your deadlift and at what body weight? Uh, so my my 105 Irish records 385. Although I have pulled 400, that was at 110 kilos body weight, and then the current log record I have is 153. Um, I can max more than that on the log, and then the dumbbell dumbbells five kilos off the British record at the minute, which is 100 kilos. The record's 105, I think. So I plan to break that this year as well. I read on your Instagram you said. Uh... You're just coming back from a bit of an injury, is that right? Yeah, well, it's, I would, it's like a pelvis thing. Um, I was sitting on the sofa one night with my kid and get up just too fast and I uh, like, wanded myself and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and I went to deadlift like three days later and that's why I couldn't move 220 off the floor. Um, so I went to see uh, an injury therapist and he just said whatever way I'd get up, I've just knocked my pelvis off line, like three or four millimetres. And that, that caused me so much hassle for like six weeks. Um, so last week was like the first time I could properly properly deadlift like pain free and then I got a new suit I got a new suit from uh, Enhanced Strength and then the coach had it in my programme do not do not go over 300 kilos so the new suit I went, went to 350 it was easy so it felt good last week to actually deadlift pain free again so is that the first time sorry man is that, is that the first time you've used the jack is first time I used the jack yeah, yeah, because before that I've been using a velocity single ply, and then I get an under max deadlift. Recently, I've been sort of sort of fucking about with two or three different suits. Uh, yeah. So I think for about, I think for the world record attempt, like four ten, four eleven. I think I'll need the jack, but for reps and stuff, you couldn't rep a jack. It's too, it's not nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I bought a deadlift suit from on the same order on the enhanced one. Um, I've been I've been playing about with it this week. The um, do, do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it like feels it good. It takes a bit of getting used to. Like I deadlifted again yesterday uh, and it felt good again, but it feels a lot different to a single <clears> play. A lot different. Yeah. And I, th- I, think it, I think it's good for, for you and I who've put a lot of practice in with, a, with a, like a single ply suit. Yeah, yeah. But like um, I, was, I was talking to a few people about it the other day, like I wouldn't recommend it for somebody who's a beginner. Like... Like um, a lot, a lot of people think with the deadlift suits, they think that, um, oh well, let's get the tightest one because that's going to give mm. you the most. Whereas, yeah. if you if you put one of those jacks on like pretty tight for a complete beginner, there'd be fuck all chance of getting a getting a good start position, in my opinion. Yeah, um, even even getting to the bar the first day for me was like a fucking challenge. Um, yeah. I think so, any beginners I have, like when I first started, like an Anzer, the Anzer Max deadlift, I think is quite a good one to start with because it's very, 
it's, it's very light compared to the rest of the suits. So the material moves yeah. quite a lot. So when did you start lifting in the suit and how long did you put in with the single uh, one? Well, I started training um, two, two years ago. I'd been training with Peter Bremner. And he had been going to, he was going to SFN, so I went along with him. And I was always you remember, the moment about the 420 deadlift, is that who I'm thinking? Four, 425, 430, 430 yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it was like two weeks before, one of his mates gave me a suit. He was a powerlifter, so I had like a week to get into it. And then pulled like 340 at SFN. And then it, I'd say it took me though then a good three months to really get comfortable in the suit properly. And what, what size suit? What's that? Uh, my jack is a size 56, I think. I, th- I think it's just more so from, from my quads, coming from a bodybuilding background, I've got 30-inch quads, and then my waist still like 36. So yeah. getting, the, getting the suit that, that fits is quite awkward. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I don't have any fucking legs. So uh, <laughs> mine, ju- mine just slide on. I've just got matchsticks. I think it was tight in your quads and tight in your hips. I think it doesn't really matter about the rest of it. You just pull your straps a bit tighter. So, yeah, that, that's what that's what I like about the um, the Metal King Pro to start off with as a as a beginner. You know, like you can get the the ones with adjustable straps. I think they're, they're it's like a nice material to learn to learn in and uh, get used to. I suppose getting a bit a little bit of pop or whatever. Um, yeah. And then you can just crank crank the straps up. Or I think thing yeah. that thing that I use is. Um, is is if I want it a bit tighter, sometimes I'll 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 put like a pair of joggers on or something like that, and then yeah, the neoprene shorts I was the, the strength shop neoprene shorts I was put them yeah. under the under shirt, and that gives you gives you a good bit of support. We used to boil and sugar. If we were dieting for, I don't know, people don't do it nowadays, but when I was making like say I was training eighty six or whatever, and yeah. I needed to weigh in eighty for a comp, obviously your suit doesn't fit properly. Yeah, yeah put them in a pan of water with a kilo of sugar. I don't know why the sugar, apparently it does something, just got told it. And you boil it for like an hour and then you put it in the dryer straight after. um, And then it shrinks down like two sizes. And you've usually got to like have a session or two to break it in because it goes like way past where you need it. Uh, And that's what we used to do before comps because always just turn up on the day and like if you would same day weigh in, you'd be fucked because it just didn't, it just didn't feel the same. Does it, does that shrink permanently then, or can you get it back, or is that just that then? No, yeah, it comes. Yeah, it comes back. It's just uh, what I used to do. I had like a little routine. I felt like I needed two. I felt like it was too tight yeah. until two sessions in, and my third session was always perfect. So I used to do two like sessions before the comp, just like you know, just to like force it and bend it, and then it would always be fine on comp day. But that's what uh, Tom Martin told me that like literally about ten years ago. That's where I got it from. Mm. But I'd, heard, any I'd heard someone talk about that before. I can't remember who talked about it, but someone again left in, in weight classes. But I think I just try and stay around like one nine, one ten, because uh, cutting down to anything more than as you say, your should should just it's different. It's like lifting at a different shoot. It's like a different deadlift as well. Yeah, yeah. What What's the goal for you then, uh, Matthew? Like, do Do you want to? Are, are you looking to to smash the one hundred and five scene and um, just keep a little bit above that so it's easy to make weight, or are you? Looking to yeah, well, move into opens, or what? What's the long-term goal? This year, like before COVID and all happened, like my last 105, last 105 comes, last eight. Now you have won them all, so I wanted this year to really nail the 105s and then move up because one in the 110s uh, with Glenn's comp qualified me for UK strongest man. Um, so the plan this year was to compete as much as I could at 105 and then move up. But then obviously fucking COVID. And then we're supposed to go to the Worlds in Ukraine now in four weeks' time, which has been postponed again. So I just fucked that. And then I said, I'll break the world record deadlift. And then I'll do the UK's as an opener. I'll probably, I'll see what happens. If I can stay, if I stay 110, 115, if I can stay around there, I might go back down. But I, I don't know. I'll see. I don't know. Yeah, what, are you, uh, what are you like as an after there? I've never obviously seen you compete. What would you say your like, strengths are in Strongman? Do you, do you like, because obviously you sound like you're very good at the static stuff, but... Do you like the nitty gritty grindy things like Conan's and what you like with speed stuff? Do you enjoy the whole aspect? Yeah, like if, if I had like a finish with a glass year, most of my comps had medleys to finish with, so the kegs, sandbags and stuff. And I would actually prefer that over stones because I'm quite fast and I'm quite fat, so I'm quite athletic, even though I'm quite big. So I'd say so probably the only, the only thing, the only weakness I would have 
uh, that have worked on quite a lot of yoke. I wouldn't move very well under a yoke, but everything else is, I wouldn't say I'd really have any weak points anymore at all. Yeah, that, that's good. That explains why you've won the last eight comps as well. Can yeah. You- Obviously, I've seen you Instagram, a lot of deadlifts and log, but I haven't seen you fly around with anything. I just didn't, you know, how tall are you as well? Uh, 5'10". Okay, so you're a good, good, good size for, a, what, if you're 110 kilos then? Five yeah. Right, okay. yeah, well, I was chatting to Glenn recently about the, the Arnolds. They do like a 2'4'2 class, so that's 110. So I'd maybe maybe want to go and do that before moving up to the Opens, because putting up, I, find, I find it hard to put on weight. Like if I get to like 112, 113, that's me. That's me still pretty lean, like I don't get fat, so right. I can't I can't imagine being like one twenty, one twenty five. You come from like a, a bodybuilding background. Did you like compete in bodybuilding? Yeah, for six years, six years about okay. it. Okay, do you take any aspects of that across with you into like your strongman training? I think when I was a bodybuilder, there's always the way you'll see like JP and Cuban stuff training, like low volume but real right, fucking high it. intensity. So that's the way I always trained. So the only thing would have been for me changing over a bit like lower frequency, so less volume over the space of a week. Obviously, as a bodybuilder, you can train five, six days. So the transition over to strongman. But I, th- I think just deadlifting heavy and T-bar rows and all that sort of heavy compound stuff over the years always would have made me for a good strongman anyway. And then having strong tendons and joints from all the, the repetitions. So I think you see a lot of powerlifters and strongmen get injured quite easily because their training's like low volume and they haven't done all that hypertrophy work. It'll obviously strengthen your, your joints and your tendons and stuff. So I think that's the main thing I take over is like the athleticism and having healthy joints and stuff. Do you do like phases of training then? I know Eamon does your programming, doesn't he? But do you do anything mm-hmm. like, um, will, you, will you still take time out of the year to do hypertrophy work or, or do you just train yeah. kind of all year round? Well, well, like at the minute, like Eamon and always have accessory stuff on. Uh, Eamon's only been coaching me now for like... Like four or five months so like this obviously now we're just prepping for the world record deadlift now which is on the 5th of September so I've, I've added back in a hypertrophy day so it's just like an all over upper body day to try yeah. and because obviously the, the bigger the muscle, the muscle is the, the more potential has to be strong and it's just going to keep it stronger and I just enjoy staying in decent shape as well so I just enjoy that training so but three three days the minute for strongman and then one day, like a bodybuilding session. But if I have comps coming up, if I'm prepping for comps, it's just it's just full-blown strongman training. It's just whatever takes priority. I'm only doing it at the minute because it's just a handy third session. You yeah. know what I mean? That sort of way. It's good. So t- talk to us about the um, the the world record deadlift um, like event. I've, see, I've seen it advertised on Instagram, and there's a few, yeah, few, few gonna people be, doing it, isn't there? It's going to be like yeah. a really big day. The novice comp I host, I host Iron Strongest Novice at my gym. That was meant to be in March. Obviously, it got postponed. Uh, but it's actually turned out pretty good because there's so many people that want to compete now that haven't been able to compete. And then there's no comps for us to really break records at, like with max deadlifts, because the European log on deadlift and stuff was cancelled. Uh, the Irish log on deadlift was cancelled and they're not being rescheduled. So what we did is we put like a, 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 a max deadlift alongside it, the novice comp. So there's a max deadlift on the novice comp, so it'll be a separate platform. And then Tom Mannion's going to break the 80 kilo world record. Mark Burke will break the 90 kilo world record. I'll break the 105 world record. James Hickey is going to try and extend his Masters world record. Pau Dwyer is going to try and extend the Irish Open record. And then we've got the guest lifters like Rhiannon and Luke. They're both coming. Uh, I think Luke's looking to pull about 440 or so because he's about 120 at the minute, I think. Yeah. Um... I'm 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 going to go to to Luke's gym on uh, Tuesday and tri- and do uh, de- do a big deadlift session with him. I'm going to smash myself, put my back out on something that I've never uh, touched before, and um, and I think a, I think great deadlifter. And uh, and I think think he's um, I don't I don't know if I should be keeping it secret or whatnot, but I think he reckons he's going oh, maybe going four four twenty ish or something on maybe on very, Tuesday. Very impressive. It's, it's definitely it's definitely. One of the best deadlifters in the UK. Look, look, full stop. Even like if he, if he stays at one twenty or heavy, he could probably pull a thousand pounds or so. He's very, very, very impressive. Yeah, especially with that jack suit. Now it just does it does most of it for you, doesn't it? And then just exactly. wiggle, wiggle a bit when it's above your knee, and you're done. Yeah, exactly. It's just magic, absolute magic suit. I think it's cool having, having him there because he he's the he's the current holder of the one hundred five record. So it's going to be cool having him there. Uh, yeah. But I said to him, when he comes to lift as a guest, if he weighs on it less than 105, he's getting sent home. <laughs> ha! 
when I started training with Luke, his deadlift was like always pretty decent. You know, like he um, got to 260, 290 area real early on and natural. Is that something that you found? Because you're obviously an amazing deadlifter as well, similar level. Is that something you found straight away as well? Or did you have to more kind of ease yourself into it? No, I'd say after like six or seven months when I was like 19, a proper bodybuilding seemed like a deadlift five plates for reps. So it's just something I was always pretty strong at. And then again, the whole thing of coming from like bodybuilding to strongman, once I got to like the 300, 320 mark, I just kept coming on every week and trying to fucking lift more. And then I met Peter and Peter said, you can't just come on every week and fucking lift more. It's going to stop someday. And then I started programming with Peter and started competing. And then I went from 320 to 400 in nine months. So you got to like 320 by just almost winging it, you kind of sounds a bit like. Uh, 100% just got on. If I felt good, I lifted more. If I, if I didn't feel good, I didn't lift more. Thing is, though, with bodybuilding, you do get taught good technique, don't you? So I imagine, were they all right technique-wise as well, or has your technique changed from back then? Uh, the techniques probably changed a lot. I think that's more to do sort of with a sit though, and then learning how to pull raw for powerlifting. Um, so I'd say my techniques changed a lot, yeah, uh, definitely. Does your technique differ in the soup to raw? I would, I would pull quite high. Um, when I'm wearing a suit, like I don't sit down. It's like almost like a fucking Romanian deadlift sometimes. Right. Okay. Uh, and then raw, I would sit down quite a bit more. It's it's not even intentional. It's just it's just something that happens. I don't know why. Okay. Because I I find the opposite. I like to sit down in my suit. That's uh, yeah. But, yeah. But then I suppose I don't. It, pop, it always pops my hips up. Mm-hmm. The weight doesn't leave the floor until my hips are high anyway. Yeah, so exactly. It probably doesn't matter. It probably makes. But I kind of feel like in my brain, I feel like I'm loading the suit. And yeah. then let it pop, but in reality, I'm just dropping my hip until it flies up. Oh. I'm, I'm the same. I would, I would try and focus and get real low, and I'd be like, right, that was really good. And then I watch the video back, and I'd be like, what the fuck happened? I'm so high, even though it feels low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel quite similar to Shane um, in terms of like I get, like, I, I get, my, definitely get my hips lower and my knees more. For folks, I'm trying to keep my knees forward more um, whilst breaking out off the ground in a suit, and I feel that. Um, having the suit on and allows me to enables me to keep that position because it gives me that that position mm. almost gives me that little bit of tightness whereas if i if i tried to achieve the same position raw i would just get shot up into stiff leg kind of yeah. position if that if that makes sense that's Thank what me, because the, the sit often raw you have to really focus more than really driving your legs i think so when i was with a suit I'd be more, i just attack the bar more, whereas raw, maybe a bit more, I don't know, trying to protect myself a bit more, especially my lower back. Do you have your suit yeah, that real make, tight then, so you, you can't even, you feel like you can't sit down, is that how tight you have it? Uh, with the velocity suit, yeah, with the, the jack at the moment, I don't think I've even put my jack suit on tight yet, because right, okay. it's so new, it's, so, it's brand new. Uh, we put, we put it on too tight yesterday and I literally couldn't get to the bar. When I got strapped on the bar and I went to take a deep breath, I was about to throw up. So I just had a <laughs> take a while to break it on, I think. Well, Matthew, will you uh, max out in the next week and then uh, get back to me, please, and let me know how it is? <laughs> I wish. Eamon will let me. Because last week I pulled 350. I, I oh, only stopped at 350. 350's <laughs> boring, mate. What I see 370 next week? Fuck Eamon, what Eamon Eamon See my program every week, he'll fucking laugh. There's, there's always one session that'll say, do not go fucking heavier. Uh, so I, I stopped at 350. Because he, he, told me, he told me, do not go over 300. And 300 moved so fast. And I was like, so we'll do 320. 320 was the same. And then I was like, 350, fuck it. And then 350 was easy. And then all the guys in the gym were like, go 370. I was like, nah, take the suit off right now. <laughs> <laughs> So how does your um, your suited compare to raw? What's your what's your raw bear PB? Uh, raw bear PB without straps is three forty with straps is three sixty and then four hundred with the suit. But I haven't I haven't maxed out raw now. And so okay, I get Ireland's last year over a year. I, I get the question quite a lot. Like uh, people message me all the time saying, "Oh, how much do you get out of the suit? How much are you getting out of the suit?" Ugh. 
it fucking annoys me actually because it almost like they're almost like thinking, oh, you could, you could get nowhere near that. Yeah, that uh, so. The way they ask the question is, they're not praising you for mastering the suit and getting good at kilos. <laughs> they're trying to yeah. say, oh, the suit's giving you 40 kilos, you shit. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and the, thing, the thing that pisses me off the most is that people, people assume that you just slam a suit on and get a 20 fucking kilo PB, whereas... Exactly. Whereas you, you might get you might get a few like a couple of people out of ten that that, that happens to who are lucky and the the suit might be a good fit for them and the whatever, but mo- yeah. but most people it take it takes a lot of fucking a lot of graft and a lot of skill it takes a, a lot of skill time. acquisition. So so you God, get to, me and go on. Me and uh, Peter went to London Strongest Man twenty nineteen. Uh, that was the first chance I got to break the Irish record. So I just went to deadlift, uh, and Peter was the same. But Peter ended up winning. And there's one of the guys as well, one of the English lads. I'm not naming because he's probably known, and they'd be listening to this probably. Uh, <laughs> and he was the same. At the, at the start, he'd cried about people wearing shoes. Is he a cunt? Uh, first impressions. I, I didn't like him anyway. Um, but anyway. <laughs> uh, What's he called? Day. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> no. <laughs> But he started crying about suits, about suits and suits, and I was like, "Fuck me! Would you give it a rest?" And it's just not Shane, fair. Shane, 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 will you dig up the uh, entry list for London Sunday's Night <laughs> 2018, and we'll. Uh... There'll be a lot of suits. <laughs> is, is that a London strong? Is that with the squat suit as well? Yeah, uh, but anyway, he, he was he, he was just crying. He was just crying about these fucking suits, and I, I just said to him, "And I was like, mate, what do you pull raw?" And he's like, oh, 310. As well, I pulled 340. Ross, so fuck up. The suit's not going to... If I give you a suit, I'm still going to beat you. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah, but if someone gets... It's like wraps. If someone gets 40 to 80 kilo or whatever out of wraps, like, I find it impressive that they've got that much out of wraps. It's like, fair. Exactly. But people exactly. go, oh, uh, like Amanda, uh, our name Amanda, squatted 200. Uh, she's like an ABPU lifter, I believe. And she squatted 200 at 70 kilos um, a couple of days ago like a first 200 kilo a big milestone for like a you know a sub 70 kilo girl and yeah. uh, you know um, all the comments like what do you do raw and she gets 70 yeah. kilos out of wraps and uh, someone said to me oh you know I'd squat uh, more than 200 if I got 70 kilos out of wraps and I was like yeah but you don't and she probably exactly. only has 70 kilos because she's practiced so much she hasn't actually pushed a raw squat for so yeah. long and if she yeah. put six weeks into it she might squat 160 raw uh, because you know yeah. and that's the same in, in the deadlift suit like if you pull 400 raw that's uh, sorry 400 in the suit but your last pulled 360 raw eight months ago or something you very yeah. well may have more there raw if you just pushed it for exactly one. yeah 100 yeah and the yeah. thing with squats like we wrap so you're still you're still sinking a big weight like if you can squat to 340 350 with wraps and 300 without, you're still going ass to grass with 350 in your back. It doesn't really fucking matter, does it? Like, it's still impressive. Yeah, people don't understand the concept of load sometimes when they mm-hmm. say, well, if I got 70 kilo out of wraps, I'm like, yeah, but 70 kilos of your max is a different world when it's on your back. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot, you know. Josh knows, because in the squat suit, when you unrack like 270, 280, I imagine that must feel fucking pretty horrendous. Um, yeah, yeah, it well, it feels about that. that that's the thing. I, I'm one of those that I've got pretty skilled in the suit and wraps for the amount of time I put into it. And I, like I, what do, what do you do at London this year? I think I came joint first. And it was two, in the under nineties. It was like I can't remember if it was two seventy or two seven five, right? But raw squatting like belt and sleeves, like fucking one ninety or more. Me honestly, I'm absolutely <laughs> awful. I'm absolutely awful. Like I think two tens my best ever low bar sleeves, so I've got like sixty kilos out of that. And to be honest, I think I could have done more. I think I could have done like two eight to two ninety. Um, but the point is, is my opinion is um, people think, oh, you like you like uh, using equipment. You you like using a suit. You like, I I don't give a fuck. I just look at the whatever the rules are for the sport, and I just yeah. try and fu- try and fucking take them to the extreme. Bend, not bend the rules, but like so, someone, someone was um, the rules. So, so, someone <laughs> was um, 
it was Gaz, Gaz had a dig at my straps the other day, didn't he? When I did the deadlift last Gaz week. Gaz is a dig at everyone. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, thing, the thing, because I'd lost, con- and my thumb had come off the bar on my deadlift, I got down to like fucking three fingers. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, th- and, the, and the thing is, it, 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 it's, it, in my opinion, it's skill. It's a fucking, it, you can argue that it's like, it's a shit rule or whatever, but I'm still yeah, yeah. Within, the ru- within the rules. And yeah, exactly. it's benefiting yeah. me, but I'm just cashing in on that. Whereas other people are fucking, who might be stronger than me, like, might might lift ten kilos less at a comp because they haven't. Yeah. They, they haven't done that. Like a technique, skill, as you say. Because I started wearing figure eights earlier this year as well. Because the same when you wrap your straps up, like your fists close tight. Whereas the figure eights now, they can just sort of sit like that. Oh yeah, gets me like another an forty kilos. It's like an extra <laughs> two inches, but two inches doesn't sound like a lot. But when you have two hundred or four hundred kilos in your hands, two inches could be fucking everything. Like. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's uh, people really underestimate learning to drop that bar from your palm into your into your yeah. fingertips. Because I, when I transitioned to powerlifting, I went from strapped up on a deadlift bar with bumper plates to no straps, calibrated plates on a stiffer bar. And I remember mm. my first pull; it like, took about three seconds to come off the floor. <laughs> I, was like, I can imagine, yeah. Uh... Yeah, t- talking about that shit, Shane. Um... Is maybe a little bit off topic or whatever, but that that's why I think um, uh, Luke Richardson's things like strength is blowing up now because he's well, because he's got. He, think of how many years training he's got on that fucking stiff Elico bar with comp oh, yeah, points. No, yeah. We no fucking give. And what did it? What did he get to in IPF deadlift? Four oh two, I think it was. Fucking hell! On that, on that, that ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Like from a strongman perspective. Yeah, from a strongman perspective, that is like the devil self. It's uh, think, horrendous. If you think you could now, you could get like a deadlift bar, bumper plates, and fucking cheetah straps. You lift anything, can't you? Really? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, when I first used. I mean, I thought the Texas bars were stiff. Then you lift them on them Aliko fucking IPF bars. Oh my god! Axel, that's how I see Right, so I've got um, Matthew. So I've got a little scenario here, right? Imagine I'm yeah. um, an intermediate level strongman, and we've got like two fifty, two sixty-ish deadlift. And I come mm-hmm. to you for d- deadlift, um, deadlift coaching, and I'm like mm-hmm. desperate and desperate to uh, chase down that three hundred because. Um, some of my mates have uh, done it, and I've heard it's cool to be able to lift three hundred. Um, yeah. What 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 kind of um, what kind of uh, for, for, like without going into detail of what I am or whatever the average person? What would you say? What would you say yeah. to them? How would you structure like a plan program? What would the what would the goal be? What would you like to do? They're not bothered about other events really. Yeah. They just really want to specialize in that deadlift for say yeah, well, three months, six months. Well, like everyone's programming, it'll be for the big lifts like that, like a log, deadlift and stuff, especially deadlift, I find how they lift, obviously how each person lifts is totally different, so I'll analyse a few videos on how they lift first before I'll decide what the programme is, uh, but basically then I'll just go through different different stages of the lift and just use the linear, basic linear progression, so it might be if someone's slower off the floor, slower lockout, it'll depend on whether the block might start with deficits uh, or pulls against bands. And then I'll just go through three or four week blocks on different periods of, like that, just depending on their lift. Because again, you might have a guy that's slow off the floor, but quick above the knee, and then the next guy could be the total opposite. So the way his program is going to be designed compared to, you know, competitor A is going to be totally different. But I wouldn't really do much fancy look. So say block one for the first guy might be I don't know, say three weeks of deficits and obviously just progression each week, some more. And then maybe the other guys pulling against bands and then just analyze that at the end of that. And then we'll just go through different blocks that way and just basic linear progression. And then obviously all so, the accessory work, if it's just for deadlift, all the accessory work's going to maybe f- focus a lot on pulling power and then leg drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what, would you would you stick with like that as you say, say for instance, you were using deficits would that be your, your, just your, your main variation for that block or would that be like yeah, an assistance so the, for so the, the, the main the main left would be let's say you do let's say I like to do four week blocks with the guys because what will happen then is when the, the block changes week one 
other one would actually call it a deload when the next phase is introduced it's introduced a lot lighter uh, to introduce them to a new block so it's like a deload in a sense and then it's somewhere to build from because let's say let's say the guy at 250 doesn't know what his PB is or a deficit so we'll start yeah, with yeah, one yeah. And, and I'll get a feel for what the RP is that week and I'll say look take it to like RP 7 or 8 so then week 2 you can add an extra 10-15 kilos that week 3 week 4 so you're pushing at about RP 8 so every week you're leaving so say you can pull like a 260 deficit but you know you can pull maybe 275 but that day it'll be an absolute grinder call it a day leave it the next week and then a lot of accessories I like using for deadlifts like Romanian deadlifts I love RDLs a good accessory reverse hyper and good mornings and the hamstring courses so basic stuff like that uh, and just basic principles of progressive overload every week but, but not going to absolute failure every week so you're leaving enough in the tank so you can progress every single week so I think with a, pro- a program the main thing for me is like confidence going into the next week because you know yourself if you've got a, if you've got your, your logbook wrote out and you're due to lift say 300 week 3 and you go on lift 300 and it's an absolute fucking nightmare of a lift if you can if you see 310 then week 4 that that really hard 300 is going to be the back of your head like fuck that was hard last week and you might miss the 310 so it's always do it that way do you know what I mean yeah I think that, that's in my opinion that is why what's so valuable about how, um uh, having a coach, right, and what you can do as a coach when you see yeah. that happen, like you've got this perfect four-week linear block in your head, and then mm-hmm. week two on deficits, it's a fucking car crash, and they're meant yeah. to do an RPE eight, and really it's an RPE ten. They fucking nearly snap the <laughs> spine, and then next week, in ideally, you've got this. Oh well, we need another five ten kilos next week. Where we're going to mm-hmm. find it from? But where exactly, we, yeah. where we, where we can just say, right, we're going to intervene it, right? That that thing isn't working. Um, exactly. We're going to check. We're going to change deficits to I don't know, pause block pulls, whatever, and mm-hmm. like just a different variation to get that different mental stimulus. Um, but I think I, I think um, what you've said for the listeners is going to be fantastic for people who don't have a coach who can yeah. and steal steal this um, from you mm-hmm. uh, in terms of. Um, yeah, just think think of get, getting a get, getting a nice foot pick, pick a variation on your on your on your lift. I if you understand what it's addressing in terms of a weak point or whatever, then go, go for that. Do what mm-hmm. do what Matthew says in terms of um, uh, tr- try progressing the RPE as a, as a as a variable. You could start week one at RPE seven, week two RPE eight week three RPE nine one in the tank and then you could either what would you do would you go up from there or would you would you deload that fourth week and so the, you say? the fourth the fourth week will always be the hardest week for them so that'll be the week right. they're looking to nail their PB and then week one so say the variation changes then to say pose against bands so week one the RPE will go back down again again for an intermediate, that's what would happen anyway. Obviously, for someone more experienced, you can push them guys a lot harder. Uh, and I think the thing with like a beginner or an inter- intermediate, using the RPE scale and you like making the numbers yourself is a better decision. Like so, say you go on one week and you had two seventy, pick your numbers the next week and how you feel. Like set a goal. Whereas for like a more advanced lifter, like Eamon sets my numbers for me, so he'll have week one three thirty for three sets of two, three forty for. So you can do that with a more advanced lifter, whereas I think with like a beginner or an intermediate, you can't do that because, well, not that you can't, but just most guys, it's better to just have them go on. Week one will be like their start point, so whatever you've lifted that week, yeah. like RP7, build from there. Because if you give like an intermediate guy and he's got like week two or week three is really fucking hard, I think it'll just put him off trying to push any further. Whereas if you're a more yeah. advanced lifter, it should, unless you're a pussy, it should do the opposite. You want to lift more every week, you know. For me, yeah, anyway, that that's what sense. I think. Yeah, you yeah, said that... before as well, you avoid grinders in your programming. So even when they hit that heaviest week, is the goal for it to be a nice, clean, top set? Not like I still want to be. Bollocks, we, we all lie. We all just fucking go <laughs> ham, don't we? Oh, RPE 9 and you fucking... <laughs> oh, bollocks. I, I always want to be... If someone's prepping for a comp, I'll always have that attitude. They'll never go above like RP eight or nine. Uh, like at the minute, a lot of the guys are in off season, so towards the end of the block, of course, you're going to want to smash a PB. But if if you get a guy going to, I don't know, say he's got like fucking like a log for reps. Say it's like one thirty for reps in sixty seconds. 
and that guy knows that one thirty is going to be really hard. So I'll never let that client go above like one twenty five. I'll just get him really good at one twenty five or so for reps, say, because when he goes to that comp now, that extra five kilos, he won't even think about that. He'll just think about the last few weeks of how good his log was. Whereas, let's say, three weeks or two weeks before the comp, you'll say, right, let's try a run through the comp. And so your log is 130 for reps in 60 seconds, and that guy gets two real shit reps and misses his third. As soon as he goes out that day of comp, he's going to, be like, he's going to remember that, and he's going to be like... I can't do this. Whereas if he finished maybe two weeks ago before we deloaded with 125 for like a comfortable four or five, I think mentally, I think like your mentality going into comp is a big thing. So I think your yeah, program well, away, if you did want to that. five for five, you're going to be thinking, I want five in the comp. Whereas if you miss exactly. the third, you're going to be thinking, I want to try and get three because that's what, you know, so you've already added two reps exactly. to the mental state of the, the athlete. Yeah, because that's happened to me before like with like a max deadlift. Like I've, I think the, I, earlier this year, when I broke Larry's record again, Eamon told me to, to stop at 360. Uh, and again, me being me, three weeks out, 360 was easy. <laughs> so I said, fuck it, I'll try, and put, I'll try and break the record in the gym. And I, I masked it all together. <laughs> so I, 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 got, I, got three, I got 385 on like my knees. And then that day, then, fuck me, for like two days, I would barely speak to anybody. And I was, I was ringing Eamon, I was like, man, I might not do this competition. I don't think I can lift 385. Uh, so... <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes going too heavy is not a good thing. Like, uh, depends. I let it go really well or really bad. It'll never be in between. So you'll either make it really easy, or you'll miss the lift and be like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, because if you did so, so, three sixty, you'd have been thinking, "Oh, that was easy. I'm gonna smash this record." Exactly, and that's exactly what Eamon told me, and what I would tell my clients is, "Call it a day and go in confident." But nah, couldn't listen. <laughs> so, so playing playing devil's advocate, I think the. Um, I don't know what this fucking. Uh, what does that phrase mean? Basically, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. He's gonna uh, be a dick. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. No, I think. I think that. Um, I think that that's something that gets better as you. Sorry, you can go more towards that as you get more advanced with your lifting. Like mm -hmm. I, I, th I think. Um, like, say, if you're teaching, like, say, a novice or some, somebody, somebody, say, do, doing your your novice comp. It might be like yeah. a, a lady doing a strong woman comp for the first time or whatever, mm -hmm. and she and and really, a max isn't really a max. She's she's just like, just getting used to pushing herself and stuff. Like I, I yeah. think that the people nearer that end can sometimes benefit from the you know feeling comp weight. Like they yeah. a woman, a woman might be say doing like say in a head that it might be forty log for reps, and she can do. Mm -hmm. 35 for 10 but then she's yeah. really scared of she's really scared of doing 40 oh i can't do 40 on the day <laughs> um yeah. but i think i think you can almost like give the it, it can be beneficial to give the, those guys a little bit of confidence with that mm -hmm. um yeah but definitely. i but 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 i agree when when um you get getting more advanced with it it's something that that i i've got better at personally um that I've found hard to do. I've always wanted to, oh, well, this is comp weight. I, I need to do like a, a set with comp weight and see how I feel. Yeah. And then I get fucking mauled by it because I'm mm. like, because I'm not, I'm not in that, in that comp zone. Whereas exactly, now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a lot more um, confident that I'll get like even five, ten percent or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. um, but, but, but I think that that's, um, that's a skill that you acquire with experience. Personally. Experience, 100%. Yeah. Like me going to, like, this is my first year at UK Strongest Man, and there might even be some of the stuff that I can't even fucking lift. So for me to go and start training and, like, four weeks out try and lift the competes, I'd just be like, fuck, I'm not going. Whereas, I have to just yeah. accept that. You have to just accept where you are as an athlete and just try and nail your program as close as you can, uh, and then just go and just try your best, I suppose, in that sense. Uh, the harder the comps get, the the harder it is to do that. But as you say, with experience, you'll you'll learn you'll learn just what your limits are in training. Like I think. Right. So, so something um, a bit of a topic change. Um, so, assuming that you coach um, people who are well, don't take peds and do take peds. Do you notice mm -hmm. that, Do you notice a difference in terms of your programming or are the things that you consider? Um, yeah. 100%. Obviously, a guy taking PEDs, they can push on with it. You can push on with volume and intensity at the same time and even training frequency. 
someone natural, unless they're an absolute freak, you can't really push both. So it's either high volume, low intensity, or high intensity, low volume. I find because you just you just don't recover as fast. Uh, that's what I find with myself and with athletes. Like there's some guys like they're on anabolics and they can just fucking train and train and train and train, and then when they come off cycle, there's guys that's natural. Uh, they, they need to deload every sort of three or four weeks, whereas the guys that are on PDs can maybe go like a full a full comp prep like 10 weeks and not deload once. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 100%. How you coach someone natural to how you coach someone on pads is 100% different. Again, what unless you, what, you coach a freak. What do you think, Shane? What, how, how can yeah, you, I mean, it really, really depends on the individual and how they react to the... The peds, but I think a lot of the times people underestimate naturals and what they can do. Uh, we know that like aerobic capacity and conditioning is the driver, the primary driver of recovery from neurological stimulus. So someone like yourself is a great example. Your aerobic thresholds like crazy high, and you train extremely high frequent. You keep on top of the main pointers that people get injured for, which is like repetitive strain. You, const- you do that by constantly rotating the events you're training, like you've just gone through an Olympic lifting phase, haven't you? And then you transition that into like more specific event-based stuff. So by doing like a lot of movement rotation, you're able to train more because a lot of people get overtrained because they just do like over a press every week on, the, on a barbell or a log, whatever they've got access to every week for 10, 15, 20 weeks of the year. Whereas like yourself, again, good example, you spend a bit of time on a bar, a bit of time on an axle, a bit of time with a dumbbell. And every single phase, although you're touching all of them most of the time, each phase is kind of more geared towards one thing. Like mm-hmm. we might focus mainly on log or mainly on dumbbell or whatever. And because you've got a big recovery aspect, you're able to handle probably more volume than I train anyone on PDs. You train more volume, more frequency, more intensity than all of them. But having said that, the mindset of the stereotypical strength athlete is that they have a low aerobic capacity because they don't like to get out of breath. They don't do rest time based stuff. And also they tend to be stuck in a routine that they get repetitive strain injuries from. So I understand how most people can't handle the volume, but you can, if you're willing to put in the effort as a natural, almost outwork the PD people because you can get recovery just, just crazy high. You're like living proof of that basically. So. Is there, is there like any, any physiological like kind of reason for that, do you think? Or do you think it's like more, more mindset? Well, I think the, well, the, the way where you get injured is obviously is with a muscle tear or something that occurs in like a high ATP-based environment, real high dense contraction, and that's when you get like a tear. Um, on the other aspect, which is the most common one, they're like very infrequent and very rare and sometimes can't be seen or avoided. It just, one of those things just happens almost. The most common injury people get and recovery thing is like knee issues and um, elbow issues uh, from like rep- lower back issues, stuff like that. Common lower back issue is they don't train core, they just train posterior chain all the time. Uh, I know you do certain core exercises, rotational work, you know, you, you get out of the normal sagittal plane all the time. So all those things are like, avoiding that injury that happens from strength training very common and then the rotation of implements and only if you squat as well we, we don't like to focus on the squat all the time do we it's got phases where sometimes you just be working the mechanics of it so the deep knee flexion you don't get that issue every single week so yeah i definitely think that there's a way around it i just don't think it's very often done mainly due to i would probably say mainly due to time restraints obviously you, you own in a gym and your business you've got uh, nice structure about your day, haven't you? Uh, if someone graphs nine to five, you know, it's hard to rotate implements, have such a crazy structure. So it's definitely, I understand what might be saying hundred percent and I agree, but I just also think there is the other side to it that if you really wanted to go crazy in that direction, you can do it as a natural. Yeah. I suppose, suppose what you, what, what Matthew's saying, like you're agreeing with like stereotypically, <laughs> Oh yeah, hundred percent agree, and I understand but, but, why. Anecdotally, you'd you'd think yeah. that, and hundred percent. But I also have seen. But you're pointing out that you that you can actually like like basically a lot of people think that oh well if you if you're natural you can't quite do, you can't do as much of that you can't do you can't do 
this much volume or whatever, you're going to have to st- you're going to have to sit uh, drop back a little bit there because yeah. you're not going to yeah. be able to recover as much. Whereas, I suppose you're saying that there is a way. I think with certain people, like genetically, like as, as Shane says, you're a great example. And then Mark, if you, if you know Mark Burke from Ireland that I train with. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not genetically fucking good. I'm, I'm a fucking fat useless math. No, but obviously, obviously, obviously somewhere in there, there's genetics that have allowed you to do what you do. And it's the same as Mark. Mark for a long, long, like Mark won the Europe's as a natural, broke the 80 kilo world record as a natural, broke all the Irish records as a natural. Uh, and I think even switching over to anabolics, of, of course, it's it's added more to what he's doing, but it could do it before anyway. And I don't, I, I personally don't know anybody that trains as hard as Mark, like literally. Uh, you yeah, and Mark, like watch, what watch, I mean. watching your videos, like I look at your videos and I obviously take pads and I look at your videos and I'm like, fuck me, I'm sore watching you train. Like, I think, I think honestly, I, wrote, I don't know what Mark did prior to Strongman, but I honestly think that the aerobic base is so underrated. It's, uh, it's just like, for example, I, I had a fucking, I did strongman for four years until I was 22 and I had a bit of a, I just got a bit sick of it, just wanted a year out and I started CrossFit. That's why randomly I could still do like muscle ups and kipping pull-ups and all this other random shit, handstand push-ups that I learned in CrossFit. It took a year out and that's when I first learned the Olympic lifts and I did all these fucking wads and shit. And, and the next, when I came back to Strongman about a year later, I didn't get injured. I didn't get like a niggle, an injury. I didn't, I didn't feel overtrained for like literally two years um, because I enjoyed going to these fucking circuits classes at Salt Air. Mm-hmm. And even and when I came back to Strongman, I was like, I want to keep these classes up because I, I like them. There's some birds there as well, like, but, um, but anyway, I kept it up for two years. And when I finally left and stopped doing the classes, my aerobic base dropped, my body composition started to change. I started to just feel worse and niggly and whatnot. And um, I've never managed to get it back because I've just never found something again that I can stick to and enjoy. But I, but I really understand the benefits of just getting a really high, just getting, just getting fit. Like I used to think about it, like my mum runs around these classes, she's like 55 and she'd fly around these classes in better shape than me. And I remember saying to myself, like, fuck me, Shane, you're supposed to be like an athlete. I used to call myself a strength athlete. And then uh, I was like, you can't even keep up with your mum in a circuits class. And I kind of felt ashamed and that's why I stuck at them. Yeah. yeah. I think a, a thing that I've noticed when, uh, with pe- people that are coach, like um, f- find that people that, there's a couple of people I can think of who, like trained by themselves in their own setup and um and the and they're, they're coming to me and they'll just do fucking absolutely anything that i say and you can program it like a like a robot and they'll just do it whereas so over time you can just you can just whatever whether the whether they take tape heads or not like they can just build up this crazy kind of you can build up the volume and build up this aerobic base. Um, and actually find it, find, um, my point is that if they're training, what, what you can do if you're training around people, like say a commercial gym setting, for instance, I used to train at like, and I used to do start, started with the strongman training and people would like look around at me and it put me off because I'd think like, do they, do they think I'm showing off or do they think that I'm trying to do it for, or like it, it was weird. And I almost thought, should I be doing this? Because that person over there has just been fucking texting on his phone. Like he's on Tinder. Well, well, he's on chess press machine for like 20 minutes and then he's going to go in about 20 minutes. I, I, I'm grafting my bollocks off over here. Is it, am I, I suppose, um, whereas like when, when you're kind of training by yourself, you can just kind of, oh, oh, oh all you all you do is you're just building that little bit up consistently over over the and you kind of i don't know i fucking lost my lost my point i'm talking to you i say you've got nothing else to do apart from do this program <laughs> i'm fucking talk, i couldn't get my words out last. i know i was like when's he gonna say it because i was like I know you're going to say that you all you can do is you do your set and then you fucking sat there waiting for your next set. You're not like looking around, getting distracted. So you can just stick to low rest times all the time, graft away. And if you add in little bits every week, 
they're, they're adding it, den- they're adding density as well. They're not like, because sometimes if you train with a group of people, you know, it's like you get carried away, you end up doing 10 minutes on dumbbell and it lasts an hour or something. Um, yeah. When you're on your own, you know, you just, you just crack on, don't you? But, but I suppose even the fact of, like, say, people that have, people that have trained and have gotten to do, like, the, the first couple of weeks of a program and the training alongside, like, say, five or six other people with similar goals and they're like, oh, fucking hell, my mate can't believe how much volume I've done or, oh, yeah, my mate keeps on asking, why am I doing this? Why am I doing so much? Why am I doing... Whereas I'm saying if that, that person, if they were, like, if it was just a random person, that person if would if he's not distracted by this other people and they're just training by themselves, most of the time they just fucking crack on and turn into like, get better results. I'm saying that's what I see. Um, right. Look, we're nearly at an hour. Let's wrap it up there, lads. Um, have you got anything to add, uh, Matthew? Have we, have we fried your head enough? Have we pickled your head? Well, I enjoyed that. Um, (laughs) thanks for having me on and anybody listening, uh, if you'd like to follow my strongman journey on MK Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, not, you're not allowed to do this. Oh, of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. Uh, yeah, give, give Matthew a follow. What's your tag? MK Fitness 93. Uh, for any coaching inquiries. So, if you just want to follow my deadlift journey, I plan to try and break the under 105 world record on the 5th of September. Uh, and there's loads of other lads that breaking the record as well. So it'll be a great day. So keep an eye out for it online. It'll be great. Brilliant. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll share his uh, Instagram tag on our Instagram. So make sure you uh, click and follow him and and uh, like his most recent five posts. <laughs> <laughs> like the Insta booty girl. <laughs> yeah, D, D, DM for only fans. Going like <laughs> uh, CC Ingram. <laughs> uh, you seen that she's got an OnlyFans now? No. <laughs> CC Ingram, do you know who she is? She was called CC Holcomb. She's like the she's basically the sh- best female powerlifter of all time. Oh yeah, I've, I, I, yeah, I know what you mean actually. Yeah, because she's I mean she's jacked. She's strong as fuck. Like two seventy, two eighty squat, two eighty dead. And it just came up on my Instagram yesterday, like this weird picture of her. And then I clicked her Instagram, and it's like two pictures and. All it says on each one is subscribe to my OnlyFans. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did you subscribe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, Shane, uh, Jan. Jan's got one, hasn't he? Jan, are you train? You got OnlyFans. Right, I'll see you later, lads. See you later, lads. Bye-bye. Peace out. Peace out, motherfuckers. And everyone blazed me.